Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Happy third anniversary to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We've been bringing you pharmacy leaders and stories of success for three years. And we're so excited that you've chosen to spend your time listening and growing with us. We also have some exciting news in that we will be sharing a book called How Pharmacists Lead. Go check it out on Amazon for a pre-sale. And we are going to be sharing some of these women in pharmacy who have been leaders and their stories to inspire you. Okay, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest is Tara Thompson. She obtained her doctorate from the University of Houston College of Pharmacy in 2012 after receiving her biomedical science degree from Texas A&M University. And for the past eight years, Tara has been a compounding pharmacist at Innovation Compounding in Georgia. She focuses on women's and men's sexual health. Tara collaborates with providers and patients across the U.S. who are interested or presently using compounding medications to treat women's health. Last year, Tara developed her website, thesexualhealthpharmacist.com, to advocate and educate the public on sexual health issues, and she frequently provides lectures and webinars on women's and men's health and sits on a monthly sexual health panel of experts called Just Ask, which encourages patients and providers to ask questions related to sexual medicine. She's working toward her AASECT certification as a sexual educator, which will be the first pharmacist in the country to obtain. Tara, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, for our listeners, uh, we did have Tara back on uh, about a year ago. And so you can go back and check out that one. It was more focused on compounding. This time we're going to talk a little bit more about um, specifically about sexual health and what pharmacists are doing in that space. Um, And uh, so we we will jump in a little bit there. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of a, just a great segue, of course, for, um, if pharmacists are already working in compounding and working in, um, kind of that specialized, um, medication treatment for men and women. Um, so how did you kind of decide to, um, do more education, uh, on those topics? So I guess for the past, you know, like, like you said earlier, past eight years, kind of been working in, in compounding. That's my, you know, nine to five typical um, compounding job, but was getting so many questions from providers, urologists, OBGYNs, um, NPs around the nation, um, more along the lines of sexual medicine. And it's, as we all know, as pharmacists, not really something that is taught in um, our classroom setting um, at in our pharmacy schools. And so to me was such a new area of medicine and didn't even really know it existed, but um, started researching more into it, um, was getting lots of questions on how to treat 
or how to develop certain drugs for these particular patients, um, whether it be vulvodynia, vestibulodynia, vaginismus, hypoactive sexual desire disorder, arousal disorders. Um, they're real things. And actually, you know, we don't talk about them as much as we should. And um, I actually was reading a study the other day that that 30 million women in the U.S. suffer from low libido. So that is a huge chunk of our population. And it's just not talked about that much. Um, another um, blog I was reading was stating that 27% of OBGYNs, only 27% asked the, ask the questions around sexual medicine and libido and orgasm and arousal. And it's just not really something that um, is brought to light. But I feel like Today, more and more people are talking about it. There's organizations solely devoted to sexual medicine, both women and men's health. There's several out there. There's lots of resources. And so I'm thinking, like, as a pharmacist, how can we help um, in terms of on the drug side? Because there's providers learning about all these sexual health conditions and dysfunctions and pelvic pain, both men and women, but they're not completely sure, or maybe there's limited resources out there on actually how to help these patients and, and treat them in different protocols and regimens that they can put their patients on. So that's kind of where I started coming in a lot and helping them figuring out, you know, specifically what compounds to do, but there's also some commercially available drugs um, that are coming out onto the market that are brand new. But, um, and so, yeah, just kind of piqued my interest in terms of being a pharmacist and the drug side of sexual medicine and, and sort of went down that path, made a website um, just to help advocate and educate out there. There's so many patients with questions um, they don't have answers to, and they might feel embarrassed or scared to talk about. But once you open the floodgates, as far as counseling goes, you realize that patients really do come out of their shell and they really want to talk about these issues um, and so just finding the right people to talk about them with, but wanted to come on the show really to encourage other pharmacists to, you know, ask those questions and, and help patients feel more comfortable talking about that type of thing. Yeah. So Tara, um, what are some of the most common kinds of questions that you get and, you know, how are patients uh, approaching you? Are they they through referrals or um, are they finding you through your website? Tell us a little bit more about what you're experiencing, uh, you know, with, with people kind of asking those questions. It's kind of twofold, I would say. So the majority of the patients that, if I'm getting questions from patients, it's through counseling. So we'll be talking about, um, their hormone therapies or, you know, their postpartum conditions or postpartum issues. And um, it starts to come up like, oh, yeah. And by the way, um, I'm having painful sex and I don't know what to do about it. Like, do I, is there medicine for that? And, and sometimes, you know, there are pharmacological options, but then there's other conditions where non-pharmacological options can work as well. And I feel like sometimes they just need to get that out there and talk about it. But other types of vaginal conditions like um, bacterial vaginosis and yeast and UTIs, we talk about that kind of stuff all the time. And even post-pregnancy, moms have episiotomy wounds and then they have vaginal issues or they may have painful nipples from um, breastfeeding and all that type of thing plays into sexual health as well. And 
there are ways to correct that. And I feel like so many patients think that it just needs to be swept under the rug and it's just something that they're going to have to deal with and they have to live with that pain and they have to live with, you know, that anxiety and fear that goes along with having sex sometimes. And so anyways, it's just something that once you start to talk about it and the patient gets a little more comfortable, they really just, you just start to hear their story and, and learn about them. Um, the second way is really through providers. I'll have, um, you know, OBGYNs and urologists and urogynes call and say, I have a patient with clitoridinia, which is pain for clitoral area or vulvodynia, pain at the vulva or the, the lips of the vagina. And what do I do? Is there, do I give them oral drugs? Is there a cream we can make? Is it hormonal? Is it neuropathic? Like what's going on? And so it gives me an opportunity to educate them on sexual medicine and let them know that, that those are actually real ICD-10 conditions that have treatment um, plans and guidelines for. So um, it's just all about education and, and advocacy and bringing it up um, just so that we can better, you know, delineate their treatments for their patients. And they're not, um, I guess patients can get a little bit more comfortable talking about it, but at the same time, the provider can be a little bit more comfortable answering those types of questions that they may not have seen as much as they, they see other particular conditions. So speaking of education, Are you aware of the 2014 drug disposal of controlled substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer ready-to-use chemical drug disposal systems are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste, compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. That's kind of how over the years I've gotten kind of not shoved into that area of medicine, but it's just such a need and people are seeking answers and they just want help. And so um, it's kind of where I tried to step up and just be more of a, a voice for that. Awesome. So Tara, tell us a little bit more about what are some of the common medications? Um, I know you mentioned a lot of compounded ones, but, um, and maybe you can kind of share a few of the most frequently prescribed or ones that that you guys see the most, and then maybe what's coming down the pipeline um, in terms of commercially available products so that pharmacists can be kind of on the lookout for those. Yes, absolutely. So there are some new commercially available drugs on the market. I'll go over a couple of those first. Um, There is Vilesi, which is bromelanotide. It is a subcutaneous peptide injection, and it is for hypoactive sexual desire disorder. It's actually the first drug on the market for hypoactive sexual desire disorder Um, and for women who just do not have that drive and do not have that um, particular want. Um, it is a PRN injection. So it's, it happens right before about 20 to 30 minutes prior to any intercourse and um, can help with that desire. That's one of them. It's called Vilesi. And then there are um, some other ones out there. Um, they have some new vaginal preparations for vaginal atrophy, um, either post-menopause or post-surgical menopause. 
Um, and those particular ones, um, there is a um, drug called Invexi. It is a intravaginal um, insert. It's estradiol. Uh, it's bioidentical. Um, and then there are some other ones out there, DHEA, which is Interosa. It's a brand name drug, um, as well as Bijuva, which is an oral um, progesterone estradiol combination. So those are the commercially available ones. Um, there are more options when you get to compound it as far as hormones go, the different estrogens, testosterone, that type of thing. Um, of course, those aren't FDA approved, but they do help with those particular conditions. Um, when you are looking more towards the pain side of it, so pelvic pain, vaginal pain, um, if it's not due to hormone hormone depletions, um, you can look at more of the muscle relaxant type drugs or the um, neuropathic drugs like gabapentin, ketamine, cyclobenzaprine, lidocaine, um, amitriptyline, baclofen, those types of drugs that can be actually formulated into creams to help patients with um, any nerve type of pain that they're having um, in the pelvic region, vaginally, and that type of thing. Um, hypertonic pelvic floor is also a very big disease state that we see a lot of, also called vaginismus. It's where the pelvic floor, um, the levator anti-muscle in the pelvic floor is actually very tense. And so it can cause a lot of pain um, in terms of vaginal intercourse, um, in terms of urination, um, even in anal pain in men as well. So um, you're looking at more of the muscle relaxant type of drugs, um, like the benzodiazepines actually can act as muscle relaxants when given uh, locally or in suppository form. So um, those are some of the compounded options that we see a lot of. Um, but yeah, those are the main ones. Um, for pharmacists who are in retail, if you are getting these types of prescriptions for, um, I guess, Bilisi, Bijuva, Invexi, um, Interosa, and those types of things, and just, you know, having that conversation with the patient, making sure that um, in terms of sexual health, that they're aware of, you know, all the things that encompass sexual health as well. Um, even non-pharmacological options, there's counseling, there's, you know, a whole realm of PT, physical therapy, pelvic floor physical therapy that can go into it as well. Wow. I did not realize that there were so many different conditions and so many different treatment options uh, for yeah. people. Wow. Um, that really is uh, something that is, you know, such a need. And um, hopefully people are aware of, you know, something quite isn't right. And they're feeling a little bit more comfortable talking to people to, um, to get a little bit of help if they need that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Cause if there's a need, then people will kind of create mm -hmm. solutions. So what can we do as pharmacists to help these patients, uh, not only get and understand their, their drugs and, and medications, but what are some other things? I think the best probably just establishing those relationships with your with your providers, your OBGYNs, your urogynes, your your urologists who are writing these scripts to your pharmacies every day, and um, your NPs that you talk to on the phone, your nurses that you talk to on the phone, and um, just establishing those relationships and you know educating yourself on 
the different types of sexual disorders or sexual dysfunctions or um, sexual health issues. One topic we didn't even get into, that's a whole nother conversation, Hillary, but it would be um, the LGBT and the transgender community. And that community there, I mean, if you're getting questions from the transgender community as a pharmacist and you don't know how to answer these, that's just to me, that seems like an opportunity to educate yourself. And there are resources. There are um, organizations. Um, Ishwish is a good one. MPWH is very inclusive. Um, ISSM, the Institute for um, Sexual Medicine, that is a great organization to learn and get those kind of resources. Um, so just as a pharmacist, educating yourself first and foremost, that way when you do have these patients bring these scripts to you or come to you with a question on which over-the-counter lubricant is best for them, you'll just be better prepared in answering those and not feeling uncomfortable answering those things because they're still valid medical conditions and those patients are seeking help as well. Like a lot of them might be in a lot of pain. And so any way that we can help as pharmacists, regardless of what the disease state is, um, I think we should rise up to that occasion um, and see it as an opportunity to learn. So Tara, you know, um, another topic as, um, you know, being a mom, postpartum, all of that, that's certainly on the top of my mind uh, as I'm getting ready for having our first baby girl. And um, yeah, one of the other things that I just wanted to, to ask you about is, um, you know, kind of surveying a few more, a few women on um, how are you, you know, balancing the the work life and family life and, um you know, maybe there are other things that you that you want to share about um, after having babies. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, wow. That um, I'm first of all so excited for you. This is just going to be so exciting and just a, just a different life that is going to be so fun for you. Especially little girls, they're the best. So um, I have two kids. I have a five and a three year old boy and girl, and um, yeah, I work full time, forty hours a week or more. Um, plus have, you know, on the side, I do my own website for sexual medicine that doesn't have to do with compounding um, and social media and that type of thing. And I think for me, I I like to work, but part of me, um, I just try to be very, very efficient during the day. So I try to get as most packed into my work day as I possibly can. That way, when I get home, um, I can just be completely present and just be very um, devoted in mind, body, spirit with my kids. And um, they they go to school, you know, they go to um, a school all day. And I know they're having fun there. Sometimes you have to let go of that mom guilt a little bit. But um, you know that they're in good hands. You know they're being taught and they're learning. They're probably learning and having way more fun than they would be having if they were sitting at home with me. That's for sure. Um, so we, we just try to balance, um, you know, work life as much as possible. I do things to prepare for the next day. So getting their clothes out really helping their food made the night before as much stuff as I can do the night before is best because you never know what's going to happen, um, overnight or when you wake up in the morning. So try to get everything prepared, ready to go. Um, that way we can start our day. And I think it's important for kids to be in a routine. So they like it. Um, 
they're great people, great individuals, happy. So I guess that gives me the, um, I don't know, comfort that, that I'm doing an okay job and, you know, just trying to teach them to be great people and, you know, learn and, you know, the, the right choice is not always the popular one and the popular choice is not always the right one. Something I used to read in one of my classrooms that was up on the wall all the time and try to teach them that. And yeah, it's just a different stage of life, but loving it and so excited for you, Hillary. And it just, yeah, it teaches you to be just a more, I guess, organized person if, if you can. <laughs> and sometimes it's not always perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that, that has been the main takeaway is that, um, you know, you're going to get more efficient and um, you may not be able to get everything done that you you think you want to get done. And I'm like, <laughs> hmm, I don't know if that always happens now. So um, letting go of some of that perfectionism, which I know us mm-hmm. as pharmacists, as type A's uh, is certainly. Um, but yes, we, as in terms of organizing and trying to prepare, I have been mm-hmm. in heavy nesting mode and wa- washing and cleaning and organizing. So help. hopefully we'll be ready <laughs> at least when she starts. Yeah, no, it does help to here. you know we'll nest and organize beforehand because then once uh, once everything you know goes crazy and you're tired and you're you have a baby and it is nice to have everything you know you know exactly where everything is and stuff is labeled and stuff is, you know, you're not searching for things or your house isn't turned upside down. So, um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't, it's not always perfect, but you have to give yourself some grace. Like you work hard and, um, as pharmacists, we, we have a lot of responsibilities and just letting go of some of those little things that don't matter so much. Like, yeah, maybe the, maybe the toys can stay on the floor, you know, for a day or two, it's going to be fine. You know, I guess just, for me, letting go of the little things that would have probably bothered me three or five years ago, don't really, I don't let get to me anymore because it's just not something that really matters in the grand scheme of things. So I don't know, just getting rid of little stresses, I think helps. Yes. Yeah. Well, Tara, that's, that's good. Um, good for, you know, first time moms. (laughs) So one of my favorite questions to ask everyone at the end is what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started? I think I would say probably, you know, don't worry about having a set path or whatever you think you're path might go (laughs) wherever you think your path may lead. Um, Don't be surprised if it takes a crazy detour or tangent because mine did and I couldn't have been more happy for it. I mean, I feel like this is compounding and sexual medicine and, and working with these providers and patients is something that I never saw myself doing. I mean, I was in I was in the hospital, all my rotations and pediatrics and everything like that. So this is almost completely opposite, but, um, it was for the better. It, it, it all was in, you know, a greater plan. And I feel like sometimes people think they're going to do even students that I precept, they have a certain, like, I'm going to, when I graduate, I'm going to do this and this and this. And 
it doesn't always work out that way and that's okay. And it's good to, you know, be flexible with what you think you're going to do with your pharmacist career. Um, and I would also tell myself just to always stay educated, always stay involved, always stay um, on top of the literature and new stuff that's coming out, new drugs. Um, you never know what you're going to need to know and just always be learning. Learning doesn't stop when you graduate or when you get a job. It, it's just ongoing learning and I think um, that's very important for pharmacists because medicine's always changing. It is. Yes. Never stop learning. Well, Tara, thanks so much for um, being a guest and sharing more about some of your passions. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, let me know if y'all need anything else. Awesome. Thanks so much. Our new book on women in leadership will be launching soon. Head over to Amazon and search for How Pharmacists Lead to sign up to be in the first to get access to our new book on women in pharmacy leadership. Thanks again for listening to this episode. We are going to be relaunching our newsletter, so be sure that you're signed up over at pharmacyadvisory.com. There's a place to sign up for the newsletter, and we're going to be sharing some good content there. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us to get in front of more pharmacists and others interested in the pharmacy industry. We really appreciate your support in sharing this content. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 